For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Grainger.com, or just stop by. Granger For the ones who get it done. Welcome to the Believe in SoCal High School Sports Podcast, powered by the Believe Podcast Network. I'm your host, Connor Morissette. Believe has shows dedicated to all of your favorite L.A. sports teams. Our shows are available on iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts. Please remember to rate and subscribe. Today I have Devin Ugland on the line to talk about the high school basketball season. I had him on a couple weeks back to preview the playoffs. He did such a nice job. Have him back today to break down everything that happened in those playoffs and just the season overall. You're going to want to stick around for this. Devin mentions all the teams who he thought performed the best, the best players in Southern California, teams to look out for next year, some takes on transfers, some bold predictions, just a lot of really great stuff. I'm so excited to have him back again. This is Devin Uglin of HoopsByUglin.com on the Believe in SoCal High School Sports Podcast. I'm Connor Morissette. So we got Devin here. Devin, thank you so much for joining me. I appreciate it. Let's jump right into the Open Division State Championship. Sierra Canyon beat Sheldon after winning the Southern Section title as well. In your eyes, was Sierra Canyon, or are they, I should say, the best team since Lonzo Ball's Chino Hills days? Yeah, I mean, based on the you know um, significance and uh, in the way they won that game and kind of ran through the uh, Southern Section open division and the state open division. Um, I'd say, you know, one through, you know, six, uh, they'd be tough to match. Um, similar to that Lonzo ball, Eli Scott, Jolo ball, 35 and 0 Chino Hills team for sure. Where do they stack up in your eyes in terms of other teams who are on that level? So everyone knows Chino Hills, but that was even before I came out here, who are some of the premier teams of the past who Sierra Canyon's kind of up there with now after getting this win? You can go back to any modern day team um, in Stanley Johnson's years, even in the years before that, um, and kind of compare them to to those teams in in a sense that you know, no one in the in the state really um, had a chance to challenge them because of the amount of talent that they had at every single position, whether it's a skill guy, whether it's an athlete, whether it's a high level defender or role guys coming off the bench. Um, they're in that upper echelon team of that nature. Um, I'm on the young side as far as, you know, those Dominguez teams with Tyson Chandler, um, Kenny Brunner, and, and all those guys. Um, so I wouldn't be able to touch on on how they compare to that team. That's kind of the team that uh, a lot of people compared Lonzo Ball's Chino Hills team to, was that Dominguez team with Tyson Chandler. Um, the old heads will say that Dominguez team will run him out of the gym. Uh, the new heads would say, I don't think so. I think it'd be a good game. So for me, those modern day teams with Stanley Johnson are, you know, the more close barometer that I could give. Got it. Thank you. And it's crazy. The only loss to a team from California this year for Sierra Canyon came against Rancho Christian, the one kind of blemish on their record bar, a couple national losses. So even though. Yeah, and they're. 
yeah, the go only ahead. Two, the only two national, the only two national losses were to Montverde Academy, which we all know is a you know a, a place that can recruit you know worldwide and bring players to their school. And those are the only other two losses for Sierra Canyon this year. Yeah, so just an incredible, incredible feat from them. So we mentioned Chino Hills earlier. Onyeka Okongwu was on that great Lonzo Ball team, and he finished he up his career with a state championship. Where do you rank him, Devin, in terms of best high school players in the state in the last uh, decade or however long you've been covering basketball in the area? Because he has to be right up there. I mean, yeah, for sure. You look at Stanley Johnson, four straight champion, four state championships. You look at Lonzo Ball. Uh, I mean... Those are two big time, you know. They're they're in the NBA. They're two two of the best high school basketball players we've had in the last ten years. And Onyeka, he's won three state championships, uh, carried a team for the last two. You know what I mean on his on his back. Um, so for me, based on high school resume uh, and things of that nature, stats, uh, importance to his team, uh, he's one of the best uh, California's had in the last twenty years. Going to be at USC next year. How do you predict his collegiate career and then potential professional career will go? What is his ceiling in your eyes? Yeah, I think he's an NBA player because he's so skilled and he's so, uh, you know, he's not uh, a freak athlete per se, like from a leaping ability standpoint, but he's so agile in the paint. He can face up from 15 feet. He can take a guy off the dribble. You know, he can Euro step by somebody and finish. Uh, and he's really quick off the floor, really uh you know, has great timing on his shot blocking ability, just a fantastic rebounder. And what we got to see this year uh, from Onyeka was his ability to pass the ball out of the high post. Um, Coach Lattimore did a nice job of putting him in that situation to put him at the high post. He draw a double or a triple, and then he'd have, you know, Nick Manorhall cutting to the basket, find him, Anthony Bell or Will Puma spotting up for three, and he, he would just pick teams apart with his passing ability. And then if they tried to pressure Chino Hills, and you know, force an up-tempo style of game to get Onyeka away from the basket. You just put him in the middle of the zone, give it to him at half court, and then he picks you apart that way. And if you you sag off him, he can bring the ball up and go finish. You know, on a fast break by himself. So I mean, as far as skill goes, I see him as I see him as a you know, three to four year player at USC. I really do. Uh, I don't think he's a one and done. Um, I think he's you know a three to four year guy, and then a guy who has a crack at playing in the NBA. One really underrated part of his game as well. I love how pretty much he goes to the free throw line. You can be fairly confident he's going to knock it down. A very good free throw shooter. I think that's really important for any player, obviously, oh, especially a, a big yeah. man. So, so that's happy. a great point. I mean, yeah, so happy yeah, to see in, that. In, in, I think in, against Santa Margarita in the CIF Southern Session Division One championship game, he was like 16 of 17 from the free throw line. Unfortunately, the one he missed kind of was the result on the scoreboard, and they lost by one in overtime. But... um like yeah, like you said, I mean, against Etiwanda, I think it was thirteen for thirteen from the free throw line in the uh, Southern Regional Division One Championship in state. So again, a guy who can shoot free, a big guy who can shoot free throws, he has the chance to, if he works at it, continue to extend that range potentially to the three point line, which is kind of what you know the NBA is trending towards right now with their big men, stretch fours, stretch fives, things of that nature. I'm excited to see where he ends up, Devin Cedric Altman's career or great career, I should say, came to an end in the D2 state championship. What did you make yeah. of his senior year, and has anyone's stock risen more this year than his? No, I think as far as, you know, it depends on who you ask as far as stock rising goes. You know what I mean? Uh-huh. Um, I, I love Cedric as a junior, just for the, the simple fact that he competed. 
yeah, you can, you know, pick apart his jump shot, which still needs work, but you know, there, every kid has something to work on, um, regardless of their ranking. Um, Cedric Altman is an ultimate competitor, a high level defender, uh, a great teammate, uh, and a guy who just wants to win. And that's really the key for me when it comes to evaluating players. I've had, I had, you know, tons of division one coaches call me and say, Hey, is Cedric Altman a division one guy? Yes, he is. Why? Because he wants to win. He's going to help you win by doing the little things. So I think Cedric was able to show that this year more on a, on a bigger stage because, you know, they went to the division two, a Southern section championship game and won it. And then they went to the state championship game and he had 28 points and nine rebounds, whatever his stat line was. They didn't end up winning that game. But again, he got to get, to show on those on those kind of stages, the larger stages, you know what he can do, and that dude just he just wants to play, he just wants to win. He'll be at Pepperdine next year. Really excited to see yeah. how he plays at the collegiate level. What did you make of Rebay Academy's head coach Reggie Howard saying after his team won a state championship, we were able, and I quote, we were able to go out and recruit some kids from all over the country and change things. That rubbed a lot of people the wrong way. Thoughts on those comments? Yeah, when I first saw that, I mean. I laughed, you know, what else can you do? Um, give him credit for, for being honest, I guess. Perhaps it was a, a Freudian slip and he was just kind of caught up in the moment of them winning a, winning a title and just decided to, I, I don't know. But again, he, he was honest. I mean, that's kind of what they, what they did. Tyler Powell transferred there from St. Bernard, same as Xavier Williams. Um, and, uh, they had a, another guy, a freshman, Barrington Hargreth, good player. I mean, I'm sure that's a recruitment job. You know, he's an incoming freshman, so they can pick and choose where they want to go. Um, but hey, that's the nature of the beast these days, man. I mean, if any if any school, you know, whether it's private or a very good public school, most of them are doing some recruitment in some fashion, whether it's, you know, going to middle school tournaments and, you know, watching those games and hoping that they can lure – you know, good middle school players to their program to hope, hopefully develop. Or, you know, I mean, we see transfers every single day in the CIF Southern section. Um, you see guys going from, you know, one Trinity League school to another, whether it's basketball or football or any sport. Um, I think it's I think it's the nature of the beast and these days. And, you know, we just kind of have to have to live with it and hopefully find uh, a better way of dealing with the transfer issue. You, you know, finding a way that, you know, you can maybe – uh, lessen it, or as our friend Eric Sondheimer tweets out, at least they're taking action and, and trying to do something. But the thing is, no one really knows the perfect uh, recipe to kind of change everything. So yeah, there so. is there is none because the kids are going to transfer regardless of what the rules are. It, it's just going to just going to happen. That's the that's the day and age that we're in right now, man. Let's get to some superlatives, Devin. I want to start yeah. with the best unsigned senior in your eyes, and I texted you earlier some questions. This was not one of them, so I might be springing a surprise yeah, no, on you good. here. Best unsigned senior. I'm not, I'm not. Yeah, so obviously Cassius Stanley is unsigned. Uh, KJ Martin's unsigned. Um, I, Jordan Brinson's another guy who's unsigned. Uh, Robert McCray from Fairfax, another guy. Uh, DJ Rodman. Um, there's a lot of good, solid, you know guys who can contribute at various college levels um, that are still unsigned at this moment. Um, But again, I I like what KJ Martin's been doing lately uh, from Sierra Canyon, obviously. Yeah. And again, he went, well, he was 14 of 15 against modern day for 30 points. And I think he only missed like two shots in the state championship game. I'm not sure what the exact stats are on that. Um, 
but I think you know missed a couple shots against against that. One thing that you that's at a premium at any level is defense, rebounding, shot blocking, and athletes. So you have a guy like KJ Martin who can rebound, block shots, guard multiple positions, and finish on the break. You put him on the court, and he can do all those things for you without, you know, maybe as a lack of skill, but you don't need skill to do those things. You just need a motor, and he has that. So that, that's what I like about him. Um, and I think he's going to be he's going to be a solid contributor wherever he goes. I certainly agree. I had you on a podcast before the playoffs started to kind of preview things, and I asked you, Coach of the Year, Player of the Year, and all that good stuff back then. So now that the dust yeah. has settled, Player of the Year, you had Evan Mobley. Has that changed because of the playoffs? I'm sure maybe a little bit because Rancho Christian didn't achieve everything they wanted to. Is he still your Player of the Year after everything's said and done? No. So I put a premium on winning. Of course. Um, and, you know, Sierra, I mean, um, Rancho Christian was in the open division. Uh, obviously a tough tough way to have to go through the playoffs, but... Um, you know, they were you know, the top ranked team in the state after they beat Sierra Canyon in that Pasadena City College game and and uh, ended up kind of, you know, losing to Bishop Montgomery, as I predicted on the podcast. So yes, you did. You know, let's, add my, awesome let's, add my, let's add my good things. <laughs> um, no, I'm, I'm actually, you know, hindsight's twenty twenty, but I'm going to, you know, circle back and pick uh, Onyeko Okongwu now um, based on just how <laughs> – impactful he is for that team you know he does everything you know, he scores he rebounds he assists he blocks shots he's he takes on triple teams you know consistently hard doubles and he has to you know figure out on the fly how to how to work around those things and he's the most important player to any team in in, in the state in my opinion you take him off that team i'm not sure they make the playoffs yeah, I think you're absolutely right. He's been so, so good. And to see out his senior year with the Devin Uglin Player of the Year Award, I'm sure uh, that'll make him very happy. Coach of the Year, Devin. Coach of the Year. Sticking with I'm Matt Dunn? Chino Hills, no, I'm going Chino Hills and, and I'm going Dennis Lattimore. All right. Um, I mean, again, he he has team identity. Get the ball to the big man, let him go to work. And he makes – and those guys – do what he says. And, um, you know, Pluma will make some shots here and there. Nick Manor Hall makes some big plays. Anthony Bell is a very fine player. But to get all those guys on the same page and have them run what you want them to run and defend at a high level, um, I mean, that shows in practice or, you know, in film or wherever. He was just throwing that into their heads. And, you know, they won a Division One state championship. So, um I love what Matt Dunn did at St. John Bosco. Um, but again, I put a, a premium on, on winning and winning at the highest level, and that's what Chino Hills did. And I was at the Bosco-Chino Hills state playoff game. And take nothing away from Bosco, the game was really tight through three quarters, but in the fourth quarter, they just had no answer for Onyeka. And he deserved his player of the year because of that game, because of what he's done all year, and I agree. Uh, coach over there. Deserves a lot of credit as well. Do you have an underclassman of the year, someone who will be back next year who really has blown you away this season? I mean, you can go Evan Mobley, Zaire Williams, Josh Christopher. Uh, all, all those guys are in that conversation, right? For sure. Um, a guy who I think will be you know, very important to his team next year, especially is Taryn Frank. He, he's going to have to have a big season for Sierra Canyon to continue their 
you know, to, to defend their back-to-back open division state championships. Um, I think Isaiah Johnson at Bishop Montgomery is another guy to watch. Uh, Cameron Pierce at, at Awanda. Uh, they have a young team. They're going to be, we'll, we'll get into that later, obviously, but they're going to be a very good team coming back. Um, but Johnny Juzang is another guy who I like coming back for a Harvard Westlake team that is also young. So, you know, those, those guys are all, you know, guys we already know. So a guy I like as well uh, in the mission league, another kind of uh, maybe like a lower level mission league team, which is still a high level team. It's Andre Henry from St. Francis. Uh, he does a little bit of everything. Very good player. Um, and Keith, then at Fairfax, he's going to have to have a good season. Um, for Fairfax to be good because they lose so many seniors. Yeah, I think that list is really, really well done, and I agree on Keith. I, I agree pretty much the first three you named are all high-level, top, top 2020 guys, and then Johnny obviously right. is as well. But after, I, I totally agree, Taron Frank for Sierra Canyon, if he is kind of able to take on that Cassius Stanley role after getting hurt this year, I think they'll have a chance to do great things again. So I, I agree with that uh, wholeheartedly. So freshman Yep. Devin, Amari Bailey from Sierra sure. Canyon jumps to mind. Sky Clark, wow. who was at Oaks Christian and then transferred back to Heritage Christian, comes to mind. Those are more kind of my area. Any other freshman on the list in terms of a freshman of the year? I think Amari Bailey probably gets it because Sierra Canyon was so dominant and he was a big part of that. Who else do you have and just thoughts there? Sure, there's two guys at Winward that we need to give credit to, and that's Kajani Wright, a 6'8 uh, forward. And uh, Dylan Andrews, uh, you know, a six-foot guard. Both of them are very good. And on a team that, I guess, in, in some people's eyes, overachieved, right? It, you know, they upset Long Beach Poly in the first round uh, of the D1 playoffs, and they advanced two more games. Uh, and those guys were both um, really, really impressive, um, playing well beyond their years in, in their freshman seasons. Um, another guy who we're going to need to keep an eye on moving forward is RJ Smith from Damien, uh, kind of an under the radar guy at Damien. He ended up starting towards the end of the season, uh, just a prolific rebounder. He's six, three, six, four, kind of a wing, but he's a very smart and high IQ basketball player. And, uh, Gabe Quiet at modern day didn't get much run this year. Um, but Gabe Quiet is going to be a very, very nice player for, for modern day. And he was a freshman this year. Yeah, and you mentioned Etiwanda as a team to watch next year, and like you said, we'll get into that in a little bit, but modern day, they return pretty much everyone, so that'll be great yeah. to watch. Devin, what about guys who at the beginning of the year, you weren't really sure what they were going to do, and at the end of the year, they really answered a lot of your questions and improved a lot. Do you have some guys who you think deserve credit for a, a most improved award? Most improved? Yeah, I think Julian Richwain. Uh We all knew he was a prolific shooter, but he added a lot of bounce to his game, you know, off the dribble, um, you know, scoring around the basket. He's going to Boston College. He's gonna he's gonna do fine there because he's such a talented shooter. Uh, James Keefe at Loyola. He's another guy who was a very important piece to his team. Um, you know, he became he became more skilled as the season went on. You know, hitting jump shots. Uh, we all know he can finish around the basket. He's got a, you know, a very solid all around post game. Uh, Kyle Owens at Crespi. Uh, I thought he did a nice job of anchoring that team. Um, Josh Vasquez at Bishop Montgomery. I don't think he gets enough credit for what he does. Um, and another guy I really thought took a step was, um, Jordan Williams at Long Beach Poly. Uh, you know, he took his game to a couple different levels, uh, became a, you know, a better shooter, more consistent shooter and, and a guy who can take someone off the dribble and finish around the basket. 
Uh, and then another guy at Long Beach Poly, Malik Salahuddin, uh, won't get the glamour points. You know, he's a six foot combo guard, but that dude just competes at all times. And, and I really like what he did this year. I think that's a great list. In terms of teams, the obvious answer is Rebay Academy because they won like one or two games last year and won a state championship this year. But let's leave them off because of the whole transfer <laughs> situation. Do you have a team of, and you know, if the team took in a few transfers here and there, that's fine. But in terms of from last year to this year, which team made the biggest jump and uh, gets the most improved team award in your eyes? I think Mayfair. I think Mayfair does because, you know, they won a Division II AA championship game, and granted, they had a lot of guys coming back, uh, and, a, and a, you know, five-star, you know, potential NBA player, Josh Christopher, but you had a guy like Michael Ofegbu, who's a senior forward, about 6'7", super athlete, um, guy Dylan Cabs, uh, Chris Adam Woroff, uh, great hoops, you know, stud, he's going to Texas as a safety Um you know, they, they made a, an, ex, an earlier exit than they wanted to last year in the playoffs, and they, you know, they beat an Orange Lutheran team that was in the Trinity League and had you know, a seven-footer and a bunch of really solid seniors. So for me, Mayfair made a big jump and kind of grew up really quickly and was able to you know, come together as a team at the right time and finish out their season with the Division II AA you know, Southern Section Championship. And as you know, and maybe some of the listeners know, they were unfortunately – for them, had to move up into the Division One playoffs, and they opened at Chino Hills uh, in that first round in the state playoffs. Uh, they lost by three, had a chance to tie it at the buzzer. Um, Christopher had 44 points and extremely impressive performance. But again, they were within one shot of sending that game into overtime. So what could have happened in that OT period if um, Mayfair would have, it would have made that three and send it there? They could have advanced in the state playoffs, and Chino Hills may have been out. It didn't happen that way, but it just showed how good of a team Mayfair became uh, over the last, you know, over the course of the season. Yeah, they nearly completed that crazy comeback, and I remember watching them early in the year play Harvard Westlake, and they kind of got dominated a little bit. And for them to switch yeah. gears and turn it around and win a championship, really, really impressive. I I agree with that yep. pick for sure. Our friend Chris Garcia on Twitter, who's nice enough to ask uh, questions when I have you on here, Devin wants to know in terms of. 2020 guys who are maybe low to not high major quite yet, but could maybe take that step next year. Who's someone who's kind of under the radar in that 2020 class who's not getting a lot of attention who you think next year could be a Pac-12 guy? Sure. Yeah. Chris always asks, you know, fantastic questions. I uh, appreciate him you know, following along with, you know, your podcast and you know, my ball is life podcast and things of that nature. Um, he always covers the, the games that I don't want to drive to, and we'll get to Sandy's question here soon, I hope. <laughs> um, <laughs> but uh, to, to answer Chris's question, I think a guy I mentioned earlier, Andre Henry from St. Francis, well, his recruitment's going to pick up um, steam very quickly because he's just, you know, he's just an all-around basketball player, which is the kind of guys I like. Um, David Cheatham from LA University, he doesn't get a lot of eyes on him um, for some reason. He's a you know six three six four talented athletic wing i think he's going to be a highly sought after guy at the end of the day and if you don't mind i'm going to take us down to san diego um let's do brandon it. angel at yeah brandon angel at tory pines uh six six uh, he's getting more athletic he's a sharp shooter with deep range he's going to be a senior obviously um and it's his team because uh bryce pope and michael pope are you know moving on to college they're seniors so it's it's angel's team it's his time and he started to show flashes heading into uh, the state before they got, you know, crushed by Sierra Canyon. But 
in, in the San Diego section playoffs. Um, he's showed some signs of, of taking another step in his game. Um, so I like, I like those three guys as kind of guys who are a little under recruited right now, but will continue to gain, gain steam through the spring and summer and into the fall next year. Let's get into Eric's question. Why are you, are you biased towards Orange County, Devin? <laughs> I, I'm curious what bias what, what bias means. Like bias that I... I, I mean, it's like, where you live, so I'm that's logically where you'd cover the most games. Right. No, For here's the thing, Eric. You have to <laughs> give me some incentive to hit that 405 or 5 or whichever freeway going north of Orange County. Give me some incentive. You know, I went to Etiwanda for you. Covered a game for you in Etiwanda. Um, that's a grip of a drive for me. So, you know, there was some incentive there. And you give me some incentive, then we can talk about OC bias. But until then, I'll be hanging down here in lovely Orange County, um, living, the, living the dream. Just to fill people in who didn't see that, Eric Sondheimer or the LA Times, I asked if anyone had any questions for Devin, and he said, yes, why are you biased towards Orange County? And we, we fit it in. I love it. All uh, in who, good fun. Yeah. All who, in good fun. Devin, who are next year's top teams? We mentioned Etiwanda. I brought up Modern Day. I think Sierra Canyon's still going to be really good. You talked about Turin yeah, yeah. Frank. So I look at those three teams. Who else is on that list? Ooh, this is actually a tough one because you never know. You never know who's coming back, and you never know. You know what I mean? Damien should be pretty good. Yeah, Harvard Westlake um, should be pretty good again. Yeah, Harvard Westlake's going to be good. Bosco should be fine. Uh, Winward, if everyone stays, they're going to be good. Bishop Montgomery, they're you know they, they're always solid. Um, you know, you keep going down the line here. I got you know a bunch of teams lined up here. Um, Long Beach Poly has some young talent. Uh, Mayfair could be good. Josh Christopher coming back. St. Francis, you know, they always kind of hang towards the bottom of the. Mission League, but you never know who they're going to bring in. They have a great coach over there, uh, Rancho Christian. Obviously, they bring back Evan Mobley, uh, Jordan Montgomery, uh, Dominic Harris, and then you know Bryson Stevens comes back. They're you know they lose Isaiah Mobley, but that's really the only impact senior they lose. Um, so I think all those teams have a chance to be to be very good and kind of make up that those open division slots. I, I like man, I like Etiwanda. Uh, they have so many young guys coming back. Uh, I think they're going to be very good. I mean, Rolling Hills Prep, they could be good. JT Tan's back. Uh, Vaughn Flowers is back. Um, my One of my favorite freshmen, Benny Geeler. Yeah, we didn't talk about he's him coming back. He's, oh, he's, Yeah, he's a great player. I mean, if, if any freshman of the year conversation, he has to be in it because he's extremely good. Um, yeah, I think, I think we're going to see similar teams in that open division conversation. Corona Centennial is going to be very good. Jalen Clark, uh, DJ Davis back, um, you know, Paris Dawson also back. So I think it's going to be, you know, a similar field as it was this year. Maybe they extend it to 16 because I think there's going to be a little bit more parity across the board. Um, but who knows? Maybe they stick with the eight and they, they continue with the, with the pool play aspect. But um, yeah, I think we're going to see a similar open division field as far as the eight teams go. Any chance Mayfair sneaks into an eight team open division or is that a bit more than they can handle? I don't think so. I think, yeah, I think Orange Lutheran would be more likely to okay. be one of those 18 open, you know, like an Orange Lutheran maybe with McCormaker if he comes back. Here's the thing about predicting the future in Southern California high school sports right now. It's, it's tough. hard. Uh, yeah, because you never know who's leaving and who's going, who's going where. Like, modern day could pick up two guys that are extremely good in the next, you know, few months, or Sierra Canyon could pick up a couple guys, or anyone can jump into the mix 
if they get the right guys, right? I mean, you never know. Um, but as far as, you know, rosters now and who we expect coming back, we can expect, you know, modern day Sierra Canyon, uh, teams like that, Corona Centennial, Harbor Westlake to be, you know, the, the better teams in the Southern section. Certainly, Christian. Certainly. Devin, two more questions for you. Are you ready for the Bronny James madness at Crossroads? What's going to happen at that school next year? That is a great question. You know, they had it a little bit with, with Sharif O'Neal. Uh, I don't think it'll be on a level as it's going to be with Bronny James. I think um, from from things that I know within that athletic department, they do have, you know, a close watch on those things um, with with video people and, you know, media people. So I think it's going to be pretty strict, to be honest with you. I think home games at Crossroads, because it's already a small gym, it's already, you know, a location that's difficult to, to park at or whatever. Um I think it's going to be um, a pretty strict environment as far as, you know, the Bronny James um, hoopla goes. It's going to be fun, though. I can't, you know, I can't wait to see him play his first high school game, that's for sure. Yeah, me too, and I really hope they let me in because <laughs> I am fairly close to no, that school. You're, yeah, no, you're good. You, I'm, I'm sure you'll be fine. And, I'm talking other quote. I'm doing air quotes right now, media. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> we've all been to Sierra Canyon where it's all – crazy filmers and I think they do a nice job with it but you're so right this is going to be different than anything because kind of just like with LeBron James whenever his son does anything a it's newsworthy and b people click and care so there's as much as I hate to say it for some of those companies there's money to be made there and they're gonna give it all they have oh yeah try to film him so I agree with you Sharif O'Neal was kind of crazy I remember covering an away game for Crossroads last year at University High School and that was one of the most packed games Uni's had in my time here covering high school sports in Southern California, and it had everything to do with Sharif. I think Bronny is going to be way crazier, and and I don't know what to expect, but hopefully uh, I can still get my interviews with him when it makes sense to talk to him because I think even as a freshman, what he's been able to do uh, in middle school hoops and just the stuff you see online, he looks like the real deal. So I'm pumped for that. Yeah, it I hope like it all works out. He's a good player. Last I think, thing, I think, that, I think it'll... Yeah, I think it'll be ahead. similar to yeah. I think it'll be similar to you know the Chino Hills thirty-five and zero days where you know there were people you know lined up around the block to to watch their games and you know games had to be moved to bigger venues and and things like that. I think the environment will be more comparable to uh you know Chino Hills when they were when they had it rolling with with Lonzo and those guys. Okay, that's a good comp. Maybe I'll talk to Steve Bake about how I should go about handling all this madness because yeah, no, for sure. He was the coach back then at Chino, now at Fairfax. Yep. All right, Devin, last thing. Give me one bold prediction for next year. Here's mine. I think Birmingham will win the Open Division Championship in the city for boys' hoops. That's my one bold take in March of 2019 here. Do you have a bold prediction for next year? Wow. That's pretty good. That's I don't know if I can live up to that, man. I don't know <laughs> if I can live up to that. You're right. Um, it's tough with all the transfer about, talk. Yeah. How about... Um, man, that's, that's really tough. Um, Sierra Canyon will be challenged more heavily for an open division championship next year. Not bold, more run of the mill. Um, but I, yeah, I mean, your, your prediction was high level and I, and you know, I, I kind of agree with you. If they get all their guys back, the Cofield brothers, David Elliott, um, you know, Nick Halleck does. Do a fantastic job of you know they they play a, a style that's tough to to guard you know they come at you constantly and 
you know, it's tough to beat them, especially at home. Um, I think that's a really nice prediction. Thank you, yeah. And you never know with them. They they bring in guys as well sometimes. So, I mean, the Cofields and yeah, David yeah. Elliott were the all Cofields, new. yeah, David Elliott. <laughs> so if they're, if they're able to bring in someone else, I, I, I think for sure. How about if I could tweak your bold prediction for a second? What about if we say Sierra Canyon is going to have a tougher time winning the league <laughs> this upcoming year? Because maybe Winward gives them a run for their money. I could see something like that happening. Is that crazy? Yeah, okay, okay, yeah. No, that's not. I don't think that's crazy at all. As long as everyone stays again, yeah, we're true. back to if 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 everyone stays at Winward, um, yeah, Devin Tills is is back. Uh, Dijani and Dylan Andrews both you know grow up another year. Brandon Richard is another good sophomore they had a six seven post. Marcus Joseph, another strong post player, will be back. So yeah, that's a good one. I, I like the way you think. All right, if everyone's back, I think Winward is a is a challenger in the Gold Coast League this year, Canyon. Boom. There we go. Devin, thank you so much for your time. I always love having you on because you're always so knowledgeable about everything that's going on in Southern California hoops. And the Believe people love when you come on, too, because you're just a social media machine and they get a bunch of good quotes and they love when you build up these guys. So we really appreciate your time. Thank you so much. Anytime, Connor. Thanks, man. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.